is a pleasure to be in the house of the Lord and a pleasure to give you this word this morning. I'm very excited for this word. I, I do feel like it is directly from the Lord, and I feel like a lot of it was for me. And I feel like if it's for me, then it might be for you as well. So um, it is, It is, of course, uh, Thanksgiving coming up, and instead of you know having a message about giving thanks, we've just basically been having a month about giving thanks and praise to the Lord. And uh, so out of this, this series that we've, we've been going through this month, I believe there is a lot of power in your thankfulness, in your praise, in your exaltation of God in your life. And that comes through your prayer and your worship. And so this message today is, um, you know, sometimes you know it, but sometimes you just have to commit it and you have to begin to prophesy and speak that word. And so I want to give you some words to speak over your life. And I want to kind of encourage this congregation on how we can better prophesy that word of praise and prophesy that word over your life and use it as a weapon in your life. So um, praise God. I, I kind of lost my train of thought. What, what else is going to say? But we're going to turn. If you want to go ahead and start turning to Acts chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 29. Don't hear a lot of Bibles moving around. Hmm. No pages there. Thank you. Somebody. That's not. A, that's not even a Bible. It's a flyer that he's. <laughs> well, so we we know here in Acts uh, that the disciples have been going forth in the name of Jesus, and here in Acts chapter four, Peter is addressing the Sanhedrin. I can say it, um, and the rulers and priests and elders as a council of leaders. Um, and they are being commanded not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. And so we'll start at verse 29. It says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed... The place where they assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. Can we pray for a moment? Father God, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would, through this word that you've given me, Father, that you would give me effective lips right now, Lord, that you would speak through me, Lord, that we, your word may be effectively heard by this congregation. Lord, I pray that we would have listening ears this morning, that we would be receptive to your word this morning, that we would be ready, Lord, to make the changes even in our lives that need to be changed so we can have a more close, intimate relationship with you. Father, I pray that you would just be glorified in this time, be glorified in everything that we do in this house. And Father, I pray that the chains that were once brought in this place, Lord, the hardening of the hearts would be broken today in your name. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So before we said we had 12 sub points and hopefully you were kind of paying attention to those over the last few weeks and I'm going to start at point number seven today is praise brings freedom of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on, there should be a little bit of excitement just right there. Amen. See, I've never seen a move of the Holy Spirit that did not start with the foundation of praise. And so it goes back to an earlier point that we had praise invites in his presence. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
I want freedom in this house. I want freedom in my life. So how do we get that? Well, we need to praise. <laughs> it's, it's a really simple concept, but it's not easily done. And I believe there's a lot of reasons, and we'll get into those in a little bit. And one, this week was kind of one of those examples for me, why it's difficult. It was a hard week. I don't know why, but it, it was busy. It was hard, and I just had a hard time getting to that point of praise. And it's okay for me to admit that because I know that you deal with the same things. We all deal with these things, but it's, it's the, the, we need the encouragement to break through in those moments. And so I absolutely believe that greater things will stir up when this church is ignited in our praise. Hallelujah. If we want to experience freedom in the spirit, we need to make praise our habit. That is the theme throughout all of this month. Make praise your habit. I probably won't say it enough because I'm trying to make it my habit to say it. <laughs> we need to make praise our habit and set the room for the presence of God to be welcome, not only in this house, in this church, but in your house, your family. You welcome in his presence by the decisions you make every day. What did you choose to wake up to? What did you choose to start your day? Was it in praise and prayer to God or was it falling off the bed real grumpy? Kids are screaming. I don't know anything about this. What are you talking about? <laughs> really hungry. I wake up really hungry for breakfast. Is anybody else like that? Like, I just wake up starving. I don't know what it is. Some people don't even care for breakfast. And it just, it all feeds and festers into this mood I get sometimes in the morning. And it just depends on what's going on that day, but I, I, I understand. So there is a way we start in the presence of God. Are we going to make that effort to start in prayer and praise and effort to God? Or are we going to Wake up in the flesh and wake up in our own ways. And so who's that exalting, okay? And I believe when we are empowered, when there are bold Christians walking under the anointing, we will shake the world for his glory. Amen to that. I don't, I don't believe God's done with his church. There might be a lot of turmoil going on. There might be a lot of noise, but I believe that God still has a plan and a purpose for his church, for you, for the leadership. And I'm not talking about this just just this church, I'm talking about the church of the world. And so we need to be in prayer and praise and glorifying God in everything that we do because I believe he's still going to use us. We're not done yet. Right. Amen. So point number eight, praise opens the door for breakthrough. God shakes things up with our praise. As Paul and Silas, they sat in this prison shackled and chained. They kept right on praising God. And so Acts chapter 16, verse 25 says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, we're quiet this morning. Your praise breaks prison doors and loosens chains that once bound you. You don't have to live in fear or regret any longer. You don't have to live in these ways. Shake the barriers of your life through your praise. Set the works of God in motion by declaring his praises. Amen. Point number nine, praise makes the enemy flee. <laughs> praise pushes back the enemy and blocks those attacks and the hissing lies over your life. Deuteronomy 28, 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. 
they shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Praise God. Evil cannot stick around if we're praising God who will fight your battles. Amen. If you're going through some battles, you need to declare these words over your life. God, I received your word and I declare that the enemies over my life, over my family, over my mind, over my health, I declare them defeated in Jesus' name. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I have a lot of scripture and I hope that's okay. I believe it's okay. Todd, we had that conversation the other day, didn't we? <laughs> Oh, uh, where am I turning? Excuse me one moment. I'm trying to add a little. It's okay. Just, I'm going to take my time. There we go. Second Chronicles chapter 32. That's where I want to go. Second Chronicles, by the way, just a little off topic here. Man, what a great book to read, guys. This is kind of like the acts of the Old Testament. So if you need some encouragement about your praise, there is a lot of, a lot of winning battles to the name of the Lord in this book. So take some time and read through this. I encourage you to do that. But we're going to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 32. We're going to learn about Hezekiah, who is a king who sought after God. He tore down the idols before him, and he brought back praise and honor to God. So we're going to start at verse 7. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him, for there are more with us than with him. Take a pause for a moment. He's not talking about the numbers of their army. He is talking about the army of the Lord. He is talking about that heavenly army. So he's saying there is so much more that is with us than what you can see out there right now. Going on to verse 8. I love it. Man, get excited for this. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. But we're going to learn here, and going on verse 9, king of Assyria, Sennacherib, tries to plant fear in the same manner that the devil does over your life. I believe that. So let's read this. After this, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, sent his servants to Jerusalem. But he and all the forces with him laid siege against Lachish to Hezekiah, king of Judah, and to all Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, Thus says Sennacherib, king of Assyria, In what do you trust? That you remain under siege in Jerusalem. Does not Hezekiah persuade you to give yourselves over to die by famine and by thirst, saying, the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria. While I'm reading this, I want you to kind of think of the moments in your life where you've, you've heard these lies before. Or maybe you fed them to yourself. Where it's this point where the word says God's going to do this, but this is what happened in your life. And you bring back those memories of defeat. And so right now, I want to bring encouragement but first, I want to expose these lies of the enemy. Verse 12, has not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, saying, you shall worship before one altar and burn incense on it. Do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of other lands where the gods of the nations of the lands in any way able to deliver their lands out of my hands? 
Who was there among all the gods of those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed that could deliver his people from my hand, that your God should be able to deliver you from my hand? Now, therefore, do not let Hezekiah deceive you or persuade you like this, and do not believe him, for no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people from my hand or the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? Furthermore, his servant spoke against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He also wrote letters to revile the Lord God of Israel and to speak against him, saying, As the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not deliver his people from my hand. And they called out with a loud voice in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to frighten them and trouble them, and they might take the city, and they spoke against the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth, the work of men's hands. The king of Assyria is trying to plant seeds of fear and distrust in God and these people. That's how he's getting to them. He's trying to get to them by planting these seeds of distrust of God, and I believe that is the same way the enemy works in our lives. If he can break you away from your faith, if you can instill fear into your life, you will not speak the praises of God and you will not trust in him utterly. And so I believe he uses these same, these same fear tactics. You're not strong enough. You're not talented enough. You're not smart enough. You're not spiritual enough. Where was God when you faced the great obstacles? Where was God when you needed healing in your body? Where was God in the time of heartache? These are the lies that we hear, folks. These are the things that we go through. Your mind is in this battle, okay? You're, you're in this wrestling going on with the devil between praise and fear, praise and disappointment. Praise is your sword against the lies of the enemy. Praise is your sword against fear. It's even your weapon when all is quiet and you don't know what to do next. See, sometimes I believe your life is not all our lives are not all about suffering or prosperity. Sometimes you feel stuck in the middle. You feel stuck in the quiet, in the mundane. You're not full of joy and full of this or that, and you're also not on the streets. And so you're in the middle. And I think many of us here might be like that. You might not be going through a major financial battle, marital strife, addiction. Maybe all is quiet. And I think that can be all the more dangerous in your spiritual walk. So don't stand down now. Don't let your guard down. Hold your place here at 2 Chronicles 32 and turn with, me, turn with me to Matthew. Chapter 26. Chapter 26, verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face 
and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, Jesus knew that the disciples needed to stay awake and pray and be ready because they were about to experience a terrible test, folks. They were about to, we all know what that test was. And Peter had spoken not much earlier that he would never forsake Jesus. And when Jesus asked him to stay up, watch with him, Peter couldn't make it. His flesh was weak. See, I don't, I don't only think the dangers that we are, when we're in the trial, I think the dangers are, are sometimes when all is quiet, when you need to still be watchful, you need to still be on your guard. As human beings, we like comfort. We like it when it's quiet. It makes us sleepy. I can't sleep when it's noisy, but I sure can't sleep when it's dark and quiet and cool and I get nice and comfortable. You see how that happens in your spiritual walk? When all is quiet, when all seems okay, life's fine, everything's fine, I guess. I'm here, I'm making it. Don't fall asleep in the quiet. <laughs> Do what you have to to remain vigilant in your praise. If you have to set reminders on your phone, do it. If you have to lock yourself in a room, do it. If you have to slap yourself awake, do it. I might not feel like praying. I might not feel like praying, praising, but I'm going to slap myself awake right now and do it anyways because I know I need a breakthrough right now. I need to get to that place. Don't fall asleep with your praise. Remain steadfast and strong because the time may come where your guard has been let down and there is a true test coming your way. There was a true test coming for these disciples. And that's why Jesus said, watch with me. Pray. Watch with me. You need to be ready. And I think the same is for every single person here. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Make a habit of your praise. In times of fear, in times of victory, and even in, the, in between when it seems quiet. Don't let your guard down. So going back to 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 20. Now because of this, King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to heaven. Then the Lord sent an angel who cut down every mighty man of valor, leader and captain in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned shamefaced to his own land. And when he had gone into the temple of his God, some of his own offspring struck him down with the sword there. Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all others, and guided them on every side. It says, because King Hezekiah and the people prayed and cried out to heaven that he sent an angel and cut down every mighty man. Many are they that rise up against you. But if you make it a habit of your praise to speak the praises of God, you shall not fall Amen. in the name of Jesus. Yes. See, the people here, they, they were being fed lies. They were being fed all of these things. And they could have listened. 
They could have listened to the king of Assyria and resorted to all those things. And if they would have resorted to giving in to fear and relinquishing their praise, they would have fallen, or they would have fallen to being enslaved. If they had given in to the fear and bought the lies of the enemy, they would be conquered. What are ways that we invite in defeat ourselves? What are ways that we invite this in? What are the opposites of our praise? I have four. There's probably a lot. I'm going to give you four. The first one being silence. If your mouth is shut, you're not declaring the praises of God. If you're quiet in your prayer life, I'm not talking about just, you know, if you pray quietly. I'm saying if you're not doing these things, you're not speaking forth the praises of God. You're not inviting in. Okay? The next being doubting. Living in fear, not holding on to the word. These folks, king of Judah, they could have given in to doubt and fear, but they did not. Right? One of the most important ones, I think, Busyness, not business, busyness. I think this one hits me the hardest and it might hit you the hardest. This is really the opposite. At least it invites in the opposite of praise. It's not necessarily a bad thing to be busy, but where are you in your life right now? Where are, what's, what's the scale right now? What's the balance of your prayer, your spiritual walk versus just being busy all the time, doing things all the time? so caught up in life that we put aside fellowship with God. You're so stinking busy, <laughs> we don't take time to listen, time to rest in the Lord. We're so focused on career advancement, soccer practice, this event, this party, that by the time we're done, we have nothing left for God. I think a lot of us have been there. I struggle with this a lot. I am the epitome of busybody. I love to be busy to the point where I felt like it was gratification for me to be busy. Let me brag about how busy I am. I worked so many hours. Woe is me. I'm so busy. We do that. Even as human beings, we argue about who's busier. Well, I worked 60 hours this week. Well, I worked 80 this week. Well, I worked 100. Well, I never stop working. I work 24 hours a day, every day. We get caught up in being busier than each other. That's not something you brag about. (laughs) Truly it's not. What's the important thing here? The treasures on earth or the treasure in heaven? What's the most important thing to us? And sometimes even just one Sunday a week is too much for us. Don't shout me down, guys. This might be hard truth, but it's the truth. Sometimes it's too hard for us. And I firmly believe that our busyness is one of the greatest dangers to our walk with Christ. When we're tired and we're stressed, we need to learn to rest. And we need to learn to rest and not quit. See, sometimes you get so busy, your first instinct is to just quit. But sometimes you just need to rest. Rest in the Lord. You'll renew your strength. Mount up with wings like eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. Amen. And so a little clue into what we're going to work on next year as a congregation. 
We're going to work on that, I think. Make it an area of a focus as, as a church to learn to rest. To learn to rest and not be so stinking busy. <laughs> not be so distracted. It's easier said than done, I know. Work, everything else, you got bills, I get it. But there are measures that we can take that we make sure that we are resting in the Lord. Because when you're resting, you're listening, okay? You're hearing the voice of God. Sometimes we say, God, I don't, I don't hear you anymore. It's because you got too much noise. You're too busy. You got too much noise in your life. My last point is blame. Blaming your troubles on the devil. This is the opposite of praise. Blame. Blame is the opposite of praise. So blaming it on the devil or blaming it on other people. See, I believe as Christians, we get a lot of things mixed up. And then we see suffering and heartache as the, the absence of God. Or we see the suffering as the devil always being at work. And I think this, this suffering and this defeatist mentality comes from the absence of praise, not from the absence of God. It comes from the absence of praise. The more time wasted not lifting up prayer and praise is more time giving attention to the devil. And so you spend your whole life rebuking the devil over you. And you play victim. Hear me now. I'm, I'm not saying the devil does not come to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm saying you're focusing on the attacker and not your defender. Come on, somebody. You're focusing on the problem and not your solution. If you're saying all the time, well, the devil's out to get me again, you're not standing on the promises of God. And so sometimes we're saying, God, take away this conflict. Take it away, God. And God is saying, I want you to go to war with my promises. I want you to go to war and stand on my word today. Yes, there is conflict. Yes, the devil exists over your life and there is spiritual warfare. But how are you going to react to it? Is it sitting here, woe is me? The devil is beating me up. God say, I want you to go to war and prophesy my word. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Say victory, victory, victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Praise God. You have victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Declare that word and let the enemy know that you're not going to give him any more of your attention. See, Jesus overcame hell for us. So therefore, you and I are overcomers because he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Praise God for that. So I think God is ready to make an army out of his church. I believe that. There's a generation rising here. You might think that, oh, I see the way things look in the media and I see, a, I see this generation coming where Everything seems like everyone's turning away from God, but I believe in that there is a remnant that is waiting to be, to be used for his glory. Amen to that. And so it is up to us as we're raising our children. As you hear, you might not have children that are in that side of the church, but you are still responsible for their upbringing here in the Lord. This is a family it is all of our job to nurture these children. I believe not only in them, but in, in this place right here. No matter the age, God wants to use you for his glory. And he wants a, an army rising for his glory. So I believe God's not looking for beggars. 
God's looking for warriors. Your praise gets you battle ready. The absence of praise makes you a sluggard, a beggar, a pushover. You won't not want, excuse me, you won't know what to do when the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So like the multitude, when, when Jesus, after he performed this miracle, gave them loaves and fish, and they say, give us some more bread. Give us some more bread. We need more bread. And Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. Sometimes we say that, God, give me more of this. I need this. I need this. He says, I am your everything. Say, God, I, I don't think I'll have enough money to pay this bill, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and his glory. We need to implant that word into our spirits and prophesy that word and speak it and declare it. Because Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. So don't allow conflict to steal your praise. Amen. Stop giving the devil so much attention. Gosh, he's not worth your time. He's not worth your attention. Focus on the defender and not the attacker, right? God makes you a champion when praise becomes your two-edged sword. Turn with me to Psalm 149. This is, I was reading out of Psalms and this, I saw this scripture and it just, I felt like the Lord was like, here's a word. It's coming right from here. Sometimes you don't realize the power in your praise. Right out of verse one, we're going to read all nine verses. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with a timbrel and harp. I don't even know what a timbrel is. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a musician. I don't even know what that is. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Here is the key. Verse 6. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment, dishonor, have all his saints. Praise the Lord. The high praises of God from your mouth become a two-edged sword that executes justice on the enemies of your life. And I believe that firmly. I believe that firmly. That when you speak praise, it becomes your sword. It becomes your weaponry in this warfare, in this spiritual warfare. And you need to break down the walls of religion in your life as we pursue the king of kings. Say, devil, you're not going to break my arm. You're not going to break my back and get me to stop declaring the works of God over my life. You're not going to steal my faith and get me to let go of the promises I have. I have a word. I have a promise over my family. I have a word that I can see right here in your word, Lord. I have a, promise, a prophecy over my health, a prophecy over my life. And I'm speaking that word right now because I believe that is what you call me to do. Every time you open your mouth to give praise to God, you're declaring God's goodness. You're prophesying God's word over your life. You're confirming what God has already promised. It's time to prophesy and praise, to declare this is what God has said. This is the word that he gave me. Let God be true and let man be a liar. Amen. Amen. I won't listen to the noise around me. I'm just going to prophesy your word, Lord. I'm just going to stick to your word, Lord. I'm asking the musicians to come. 
devil's trying to fumble my words right now. I'm not going to allow it. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to say that point one more time. Every time you open your mouth to give praise to God, you're declaring God's goodness and you're prophesying God's word over your life. It's time for the people of God to take a stand and not back down from what God has purposed for you. See, I believe Satan hates the purposes of God. And he seeks to rob God's people. And if the people of God are shut up, if the people of God lay down their swords for peace, it's all about peace nowadays, and the enemy begins to invade. So we have too many Christians being quiet in their faith, too many Christians who have laid down their swords. And it's not just what you see in the world, it's in your home. You have too many Christians being quiet in their faith quiet in their praise. Amen. There's spiritual warfare happening in every home. And unless you pick up that two-edged sword and you leave your home defenseless, you sit in the quiet and you get sleepy. You get sleepy in your spirit. Can we stand, please? I believe your praise breaks the legs of the enemy and raises a banner that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will declare the mighty works of God. As for me and my house, we will break down the lies of the enemy and declare victory, say victory, victory in Jesus Christ. See, God's not looking for an army of sleepers and doubters. God's looking for an army of bold believers whose hearts beat for his glory. To wake up out of your slumber. It's time to stop crying. <laughs> it's time to stop doubting. And it's time to start declaring. Amen. It's time to lift up your head. Psalms, Psalm 24, verse 7. It's time to lift up your heads. Hallelujah. Verse 7. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lift, lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. When you lift up your heads, <laughs> when you lift up your praise, you invite in this Lord who is strong and mighty, mighty in battle. Hallelujah. Let's take this opportunity and worship. And think about the lies that you've bought into. Think about the times where you've gotten sleepy in your praise, wherever it is that this applies to you, this word applies to you. I invite you right now to see yourself as an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony this morning. Hallelujah. So we're going to sing this song. I just invite you to use this opportunity of praise as your sword over your life. Amen. Hallelujah.